This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. All right. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 186. And I'm your host, Adam Bell. And joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Hi. I'm not going to... Well, hi, hi, Peter. It's great to see you. <laughs> Thanks, you look... <laughs> Adam. It's great to see you, too. <sighs> I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh. so there used to be a thing back in the paradigm offices when we were primarily an IT shop where we would have a recurring calendar event about three times a year to let us know when Mercury would go retrograde. Uh-huh. Is this that time? Oh, yeah, it is. And I only oh. had that thought this morning when I realized one of my home security cameras has been going click click, 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 click for the last couple days. Is that because the light's going on and off in the room? Nope. <laughs> Some time ago, I noticed that the Sense8, S-E-N-S, number eight cameras that I bought, their website was down. Yeah. And also their app in the App Store had not been updated in quite a long time. Well, that's interesting. And Early as an inconvenience. Today, <laughs> Super inconvenient, actually. Um, and what uh, what just what I just noticed this morning was that the cameras no longer. I can't load the app anymore. It says error, connection to server timed out. So apparently, you need to you know you have to connect to their server, which brokers a connection back directly into my cameras. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. <laughs> And, you know, here I am getting ready to leave town for a short time on a, you know, brief vacation, and I don't have my home security system anymore. So I had to take a quick trip over to Best Buy to see what they had in stock, and I can't find any cameras over there that work with Apple HomeKit. Uh Uh-oh. And I want something that works with HomeKit. And I guess I have to go to amazon and see what i can get overnighted because i want something that's in HomeKit. i would prefer something that let me stream my video to my own like dropbox or google drive account as mm-hmm. opposed to something else um but and it's looking like i'm gonna have to buy like a nest or a ufi or something to you know to to just like stream to someone else and and suck up a few to ten dollars a month or something like that yeah so i I think you i saw that come across to you know friend of the show scott wilsey he 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 does net i I don't know if he does nest i do nest i have a nest at my office yep and it's really easy i know and i guess i'm gonna have to go that route the the thing that i've been trying to do is get away from all the big guys yeah and you know like with the exception of apple i guess just because they've been the best they seem to have my interests. our interests seem to align the most Mm -hmm. i should say so Um, google order nest for peter uh showed up in his browser so that he just has to click order so it's done you're welcome thank you thank you i mean i could just say a word send me a blink or a ring and she would have it here tomorrow yeah (laughs) um you know so i don't know man i'm at this point i'm just like the heck with it just just get me something (laughs) it's like yeah yeah (sighs) hide right in the middle of everybody yep (laughs) there you go all right (sighs) well good well welcome to the you know the information uh, you know mafia here or whatever we are you know it's so great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good, great to be here. Great to be here. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about some. You are a security expert, are you not? I like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a lot of uh, letters after your name that kind of say so. And I've, I've at this point, I've got a lot of years behind me that kind of say so too. So. Gray hair, experience. Oh, oh, uh, don't, yeah. don't get me started. <laughs> So, LastPass, 
Yeah. They've had, they've had uh, breaches in the past. They've had some issues. Uh, they, you know, one of the, re- well, and one of the reasons they're so public about their breaches today is because they had a breach before, covered it up, and a big old stink came about it. So, yeah. so now they're kind of like a, a big redheaded stepchild out there that yeah. everybody wants to try to hack. So, um, do you have any LastPass customers? I do not have any LastPass customers, mm-hmm. with the exception of my father. <laughs> haven't had time to migrate him all over though but mm-hmm. um pretty much decided that uh i'm gonna be moving everyone over from um last pass at this point probably moving to one password okay. and um th- it was a toss-up between one password and bitwarden but i have customers who require that th- they want to basically control everything on their own infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So for those folks, I'm going to probably recommend Bitwarden, uh, not the hosted option, but the self-hosted option. And uh, I've, those I've heard those. good things about that. Um, yeah. What about Keeper? Don't know that one. Haven't haven't uh, haven't reviewed it. I've not reviewed it. So it's got you know it's got some so one of our so one of our peers, Kevin Landers. Yep. He, he uses Keeper for his clients. Yep. And our other friend of the show, Tim Richter, he uses, uh, what's the one that you said? Uh, Bitwarden or Bitwarden. one password. So yep. he, uses, he, he uses and tests, it, tests that as well as uh, Keeper. Cool. So so do you are you up on the story with LastPass? Do you want to share with our listeners <laughs> what, what exactly happened with LastPass and, and why they even care? Well, the, the the long story short is they did suffer a data breach. Hackers were able to get access, I believe, originally in August mm-hmm. to a developer environment. And then back in November, they were able to then go further into a production environment. Although LastPass is saying that they haven't suffered, like, like that, that people's, um, that customer's data was not at risk that your passwords were safe. Um, there are other people who are speculating that that may not be the case. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And and at this point, I've seen enough uh, security experts, um, mostly because friend of the show, Scott Wilsey, um, keeps on sending me more and more examples of, mm-hmm. of security experts saying death to LastPass. Um, <laughs> I resisted it for some time because it is very easy when a company has a breach to jump on the burn them at the stake bandwagon. Yeah. And, you know, I do believe that eventually everyone's going to have a a breach, right? It's just, it's going to happen. The thing that, um, that I did not um, was wasn't re- recalling though is that LastPass has actually had a, a few breaches. <laughs> this is not the first one, mm-hmm. and they've had some incidents. And when I started looking a little closer, they've kind of done. I don't know that they've. I don't know if I would say they they tried to cover them up as much as weren't fully transparent as to what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's where I draw the line, right? If you try to cover it up or you try to minimize it when everyone else around you is saying, dude, your hair's on fire. And you're like, no, no, this is fine. That's when I start <laughs> yeah. to get pretty concerned. So, yeah, it's well. And so, so what I, what I've read, and then I also sat uh, galactic advisors, Bruce McCulley's company, um, I'm a, I'm a galactic advisor or I'm a, I'm a, a subscriber. So um, what they described was in August, like you said, the developer database was uh, compromised. They took it off site and they didn't get anything at that point. But what they did is they were able to gather enough information to, to fish an internal employee 
Yep. And the internal employee is where they got more information to supposedly get into the database as far as they don't they don't encrypt or they encrypt all of our data. Yep. The usernames and passwords are encrypted. What's yep. not encrypted is the URLs. So they know that Peter Nicolaitis has credentials at regionsbank.com. They, yep. they know that. They could probably extrapolate your email address and figure that out. Yes. And that's where they could start more efficiently phishing you. Yep. But it is my understanding to date that no passwords were compromised because they were encrypted. Right. And and the thing, <laughs> and this is where a bunch of security experts are getting on the bandwagon and, and I'm with them this time is like, there's a lot of other data, like you said, the URLs and, and the metadata around those passwords in the password fields, uh, in the in the password vaults, which are not encrypted. And it's like, why not? What, yeah, encrypt everything. Cause, cause, yeah, exactly. Because I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I am now concerned because I there's the notes field in LastPass. Yep. And, and in notes, I'm assuming all of my data is encrypted because that's what they told me. This whole mm -hmm. database is encrypted. Mm -hmm. So I travel. Well, a nice thing to have is if I ever lost my passport, is a photographic copy of my passport, which is in LastPass. Uh huh. And sometimes I need to know my uh, known traveler number. Where's that? Yeah. It's LastPass. in a note As in a note. LastPass. Now, now those <laughs> notes are supposed to be encrypted, but you know, I'm thinking like there are other fields, and I don't even remember at this point which fields are and are not um, are not encrypted but there definitely are fields now that has come up in this discussion that are not encrypted yeah and i honestly i've made the mistake i've definitely have put things into other fields assuming you know like backup codes two-factor authentication codes mm -hmm. i would put those in the notes field of yeah. a password and not not in a secure note item yeah but the notes field of a password. And I'm thinking at this point, those might be part of the stuff that's not encrypted. And I'm like, great. So, so my 2FA is now compromised, whether they mm -hmm. have my password or not. Oh, they don't need it because they have they that got my the 2FA. 2FA. Yay. Great. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. And there were a lot more technical details about like the number of iterations uh, and passes uh, during the initial encryption process mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like it should be doing at least a hundred thousand and they've only been doing 500 or 5,000 or something like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so, the, the, the TLDR is get off LastPass. Yeah. Quick yeah. <laughs> and change but, your passwords. So, so before we leave it, why would you take a picture of your QR code, Peter? Why would you want to well, save that? Something that they actually recommend you don't do, but yeah. you you and I have gone through this enough that we know why you would want to. Why and would you ever want to do that? Because you might be stuck using an inferior app like the Microsoft Authenticator, which um, doesn't actually let you transfer stuff when you move to a new phone and requires you to set up everything all over again. <laughs> and that can be pretty inconvenient if you need to reset up your authenticator because you've lost your authenticator. Mm -hmm. Luckily, you know, you usually have backup codes or you have alternative factors like SMS or phones. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I work with some institutions where they disable those. Right. So that means now it's a call to the help desk. Mm -hmm. OK, I get it. You know, that's not that bad. But in a self-managed thing, if you've lost your backups and stuff, eh, I sort of consider consider a snapshot of that QR code as a backup. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I can see wanting to keep a copy of it, but you got to keep it encrypted. Yeah. Or so you thought you did, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I did. At least like I thought that. I Think did. That. <laughs> Think that. Uh, yeah. Insert that sound bite there. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So they. Yeah. Well, I I use Google, uh, the Google Authenticator over mm -hmm. Microsoft. Yeah. Um, but but I like the Microsoft push authentication. Bingo. That's really exactly. nice. The Google Authenticator doesn't have the push. Yep. So it just, you know, pull a code, you got to type a code. And uh, yep. fortunately, uh, the Google, every every time I move phones, 
it backs up the database, it restores the database. I've got all my authentication codes, but the same, you know, as we've talked in the past, <laughs> Microsoft doesn't do that. It backs it up, it restores it, but then it says scan the QR code for the line items in there. I'm like, why would I? I don't have the QR code again. Enter the I, so you might as well don't even do it, just delete them all. But fortunately, uh, I didn't lose my phone. I was migrating from an old phone to a new phone. So I could go in, turn it off. Yes. Yep. <laughs> turn it back on. <sighs> so yeah. while we're on the topic of MFA, multi-factor authentication. Mother. <laughs> remind me why so many security people say SMS is a terrible reason, terrible source of MFA. In general, it's because it has been trivial to get a hold of certain cellular carriers. Mm -hmm. Pretend you are uh, a hacker can pretend that they are the owner of the cell phone and get the carrier to reissue a SIM card to the attacker. And suddenly you're receiving their SMS codes or the hackers receiving your SMS codes. That's so one of the ways. Is it still that bad? Or are the carriers still that stupid? They've gotten better at it. Well, some of them have gotten better at it. Mm -hmm. Verizon has cramped down, clamped down a lot on that, cracked down a lot on that. T-Mobile, I don't have any experience with, but I've heard that they're really bad. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're using, you know, like one of these smaller companies, which is just like a Verizon reseller, I don't know. I would not assume that they're great, mm -hmm. you know? Um so I, I would not I would not hold my breath and, you know, betting that they're going to be the most secure now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when you have data breaches like what just happened with Twitter and this last pass thing, when the metadata gets out, it's when you prove that you are who you say you are by knowing someone's social security number or mother's maiden name or the street uh. you grew up on or other stuff that's out there. You know, it's it's really trivial to aggregate all this data if you have a lot of it out there and most people have it all out there. Mm -hmm. So these big data breaches, when they, when these things happen, it just makes it so much easier for the, um, you know, for the, 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 for an attacker to gather this data on you. Mm -hmm. The best thing is, like you said, is, you know, uh, it's best just to just sort of be a zebra and fly below radar, <laughs> <laughs> but with the cost of computing power dropping all the time, uh, you know, it's getting easier to automate these sort of attacks. So may as well just say, you know, like scrape up everything you can start with the A's. Oh, look, Adam. And then, you know, like, let's go with a Adam, a, 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 B, a, yeah, Adam Bell. Let's go and scrape him, do all kinds of searches, aggregate stuff. And then it's like, Oh, here's your profile for Adam Bell. And mm -hmm. now let's go and just become Adam Bell and see what we can get. You know, the more stuff becomes automated, just like spam and phishing links. You know, mm -hmm. just like sending out viruses. Stuxnet was a very targeted piece of malware. It still went all around the globe. <laughs> WannaCry supposedly started as a targeted piece of malware, but it went all around the globe. Mm -hmm. And though it may not have intended to do that, are you drinking already? It's tea. Oh, I say, <laughs> I'm going to quit this and run downstairs and grab a drink myself. It um, It is bourbon. I lied to you just then. Oh, <laughs> It's oh. four, four Roses, single barrel. Channeling our friend of the show, Kevin Landers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to let you talk for a second. I got to go grab a drink. <laughs> so you know, one thing that I've seen, uh, you were talking about SMS. So one thing that I've noticed is uh, with my new phone, there is no longer a SIM. They're doing the, the virtual sim. And resume. All right. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> I thought you would have kept on going. So I, I thought about it, but I I wanted to ask you a question. And I couldn't answer my own question since mm -hmm. I didn't know the answer. And I was gonna, so mm. uh. <laughs> so virtual sims. So my yeah. my iPhone 14 Pro. Doesn't e <laughs> doesn't have a real SIM card. It's now right. an eSIM. Yep. Why? 
<laughs> Why? Why? I mean, because that's one thing I, I like about the SIM is, you know, you get a new phone, you just pull the SIM out of the old the old phone and plug it into the new phone and the new phone, you know, does whatever it does, you know, power it off, power it back on. And then it, then it goes, but the eSIM, you know, had to be registered with Verizon they had to provision it. Then they sent it to yep. me and I can't change it on Verizon's website. So I have not looked into eSIMs. Um, I don't remember, but I'm a, uh, I don't even remember right now. Are eSIMs tied always to the carrier? I don't, I don't even know. At this point, I shouldn't even comment on this because I, I just, I, I really don't know. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, so let's do a little research on that. And maybe we'll have an answer on eSIMs. What's funny is I wrote down a topic, uh, podcast BSers, which would be, this would have been a perfect time for you to be a podcast BSer. You, you have sent me some links to some uh, different articles and, you know, I listened to the, to the one part that was pertinent, but I let it keep running. And the two podcasters, um, one was asking the other questions and she was completely BSing the answer. She didn't know the answer at all. She had no facts at all. It, and she was like speaking authoritatively. And he was like, um, actually, he was speaking hypothetically and he, he was tossing her up a softball and instead she whiffed it and he was having to correct her, even though she spoke like she knew exactly what she was talking about. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds like something you and I might try. <laughs> well, but we do quantify it. I we will say, I don't know. But this is my best guess. <laughs> so what's kind of funny is I uh, was listening to one of my favorite podcasts this past weekend, and the uh, the hosts every now and then put together a fictional magazine articles. Oh yeah, <laughs> titles, just the titles. <laughs> yeah, and then they say what you know that. So the, there's three guys. They'll put together a fictional magazine title. And the other two have to guess what the article is about. <laughs> and one of the, the guys made up this uh, study about people who go running and how they did a study of, you know, people who prefer to go with music and those who prefer to go without music or headbuds, you know, head, head, uh, headphones, earbuds, whatever. And... <laughs> He said, and the study found, you know, first they did a, you know, those who ran with headphones could go run with headphones. Those who went without it ran without it. And then they flipped it around and then they tested everyone ran without podcast or without headphones or anything like that. And, uh, you know, like those who ran without, you know, demonstrated that they were more in tune and they were able to relax better and perform better and all that. And all, you know, the, and the other two hosts, like they didn't realize that it was all just made up. It was just like, but you, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you were, you were speaking so authoritatively. I thought this was true. And yeah. I was listening to it and I'm like, damn it. That means that I have to stop running with my head because I like listening to music. And, <laughs> and then I, I had to remind myself, even after they said that part of me still wanted to believe. Uh, yeah. I want to believe that this is true. Yeah. You know, so. I, I, I mean. I think it's true, Peter, because uh, I know that when when I've been on an elliptical machine and if I'm going for, you know, once I get mindless in it, you know, you're just going, going, going. If I have a fast beat song in my before I know it, I'm I'm matching the beat, whatever it oh, yeah. is. So yeah. no, I, I'm I mean, calling it, I'm calling it true. I, well, anyway, though, his, his <laughs> thing was, though, is that you can relax more and let go more without music. But again, even though that's against what I normally do, I was like, I wanted that just to like support the whole mindfulness and relaxation thing. I was like, yeah, I should try that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But you know, <clears throat> you know, one thing I do, of course, I don't run as much as you. So, I mean, you've run exponentially more than me, but when I run a beat gets in my head and before I know it, I'm doing a, t t even because I don't run with music. Yes. I don't, I don't feel safe running with music. Right. I need to hear what's around me. Yep. That's my own shortcomings. But, yep. but some, before I know it, I'm like, I'm singing a song and it's, and it's not like the song song. It's like a particular chorus. That's just a something to repeat the repetition of what I'm feeling. I don't yep. know. Well, 
I deliberately choose my running playlist. It's all, uh, I have four different albums. They're all called energy running and they're all at 180 beats per minute. There you go. <clears throat> and that is, that is deliberate. And I resisted that for some time, but I do find that I do some of my best running at around 180 beats. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it's all uplifting, you know, motivational type of, you know, beats. Mm -hmm. Um, and I noticed that like when I was on my first ultra, you know, I did the 50 K last year. Um, I didn't have music for the first couple of hours at least because mm -hmm. I had just reset my phone and, or no, I just upgraded, I think upgraded the operating system and it had not re-downloaded all of my playlists. Mm -hmm. And I got out in the middle of rural Vermont with no bandwidth and I couldn't stream my music until mm -hmm. I got near the top of the mountain. Suddenly I had cell signal and all of a sudden I noticed, I was like, Oh, I wonder if I can do some music. And I <laughs> definitely immediately felt, you know, an extra spring in my stride. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that there, well, this, this is probably a bit deeper than our normal podcast here. Uh, but I think music, it gets into your spirit and, and there are so many, you know, there are so many songs that I, I know the Bible scripture from the songs way better than I do if I try to memorize them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Music. I totally agree with you on that. Even, you know, even if it's just <laughs> remembering a, a, a jingle, um, music helps you remember things. I mean, you might remember Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Boom. <laughs> right. I'd like Point to proven. give the world a, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So those are things that are stuck in our heads for decades now. Stupid television commercial jingles. <laughs> yeah. Know? We'll remember them past our own kids. So if it, if it, if that works for, for that, I can totally imagine that, you know, like there's a reason that you sing, you sing hymns on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. All right. Then before we leave security cookies, a lot I like of people, chocolate chip. I like chocolate chip. I actually like chocolate chip too. It's one of my favorites. Um, cookies in the browser. Um, they're good and they're bad. And I'll give you an, <laughs> you know, That's cause really deep Adam. Yeah. They're good and they're bad. <laughs> but, like, uh, so I had one, good, of, but they're bad my, for you. Yeah. My marketing uh, person contacted me earlier in the week. She's like, I need to, I need to delete my cookies because I'm having a problem with the website. And I said, clearly you don't surf porn. Because all IT people know how to clear, you know, that clear history, clear cookies, because they are surfing porn. So I'm, I'm so proud of you. You, you don't know how to do this. This is good. So I showed her how to clear Clearly. cookies, but cookies. So what is a cookie, Peter? A cookie is just a temporary. Well, it doesn't have to be temporary. It could be permanent. It's a file. It's just a storage mechanism to save a file on your browser. Mm -hmm. and a website can request the creation of a cookie. And if your browser by default, they usually accept them. Uh, and, and it's just a way to say, it's just like saying, Hey, web browser, I'd like to make a, a, a bit of a, a note here. Can you just hold this for me? Mm -hmm. And the next time you come back, I'm going to ask you for that cookie, but that note back, mm -hmm. if, if that's cool with you. And so usually they're used to identify themselves or to identify the website because the hypertext transport protocol, HTTP, was never created with state in mind. Mm -hmm. So it's a stateless thing. So it's just sending, you know, you send me some data, I send you some data, you send me some data, I send you some data. That's the extent of the HTTP protocol. Right. It was never like you send me some data and identify yourself. And then I'm going to remember who you are. So we can resume this conversation next week. Mm -hmm. That's what cookies let you do. Okay. They let the programmer of the website make a note with whatever data they want to put there and save it on your computer's local hard drive. And then when you come back, the browser says like, oh, you're at google.com. I have a cookie here for google.com. Here you go, google.com. Mm -hmm. And the web browser looks at it and says, oh, it's Adam. He's back again. 
Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what? cookies in a nutshell. How long do those cookies live? I don't remember there if there is a default setting on cookies or if they're just permanent. I really don't recall. Back about 20 years ago when I was doing web development all the time, I could tell you right off the top of my head. At this point, I don't even recall now, though. I don't think that there is a default. I, I mean, there may be a browser default if you don't set anything. Yeah. But really, the cookie can be set by whoever is designing the website and That's the cookie. Not, you know, if you want to just speak authoritatively right now, I will just nod and say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so we've run across some uh, persistent cookies that mm-hmm. never expire. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem because this cookie, which now has this transaction and username and password and remembers that Peter has come to this website and he's allowed to come to this website. And I authorize Peter to come to this website and this cookie never expires. So he never has to enter his password again. Yep. Microsoft does that with Office 365 global administrator account. Really? They seem to <laughs> they seem to prompt me to re-log in even if I just look at them funny. Yeah. So so, so the global admin, the Office 365 global admin account drops a persistent cookie that never expires. There is a setting you can turn that off. But so cookies for me, yeah, I use Veeam. So yep. Veeam requires every single month that I report my usage. It's kind of a, but I can't log in to the website directly from the link that they send me. So I have to log into the website, mm-hmm. authenticate, and then open the link that they send me because the cookie is created. <laughs> I've got a login session in the browser. Then I can actually get to the website that they send me. <laughs> yep. I've definitely come across stuff like that. I actually was fighting with something very similar to this now. I have been trying to order some, um, whew, I've been trying to order um, uh, role-playing game books, a mm-hmm. new version of um, uh, from Pinnacle Entertainment, the makers of Savage Worlds, my favorite role-playing system. And I was part of their Kickstarter backing for their latest campaign. And uh, they've got this super convoluted method that you have to go through when you buy something on Kickstarter, when you back them, when it comes time to actually redeem the products to go to their website, Mm -hmm. you know, it's bad when you have to make a video on YouTube telling your customers how to redeem their code to buy your product. (laughs) And even that didn't work because the email address I associated to Kickstarter was different than the one that I use on their store to buy things. Yeah. Cause I have a different email address everywhere. So that <laughs> didn't work. And that added, and then, you know, it's just like, I've just gone back and forth and thank you, Sarah Martinez from Pinnacle Entertainment, your customer service, you're doing great. Thank you so much for helping me through this. Um, at the time of this recording, we're not quite done yet. So please see my latest email, but I think we're close. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a great job. At least you care. unlike the people at apple who had me again restore my my uh phone from a backup i did it again last week and it took maybe an hour for the same problem to show up and Uh. i have an email from the the, you know customer the the senior advisor and i've emailed him back twice saying dude same problems happening it's not fixed and Uh now here's the other part do you know that you can use your MacBook as a Bluetooth speaker for your phone? I did not know that. So if you, what do you use? Do you use Beats or whatever you use for your Bluetooth? <laughs> I'm Jabra only. Jabra, okay. So when you go into, when you know when you have a call on an iPhone, you know how you can touch on the phone icon and take turn it to speaker mode. Mm-hmm. But if you have Bluetooth connected, your Bluetooth devices will show up there too. And you can mm-hmm. choose them. Yeah. And if you're on the same Wi-Fi network and you're close to your Mac, you can choose that as well. That's very interesting. It's cool because you can also, and you can do that with an iPad as well. So you can just say, hand this over to the iPad, right? It's really cool, except lately, as soon as I try to take the call and move it over to the Mac, it hangs up. 
And this is oh, great. Oh. Like I'm dialing into a WebEx for a client or something like that. And like, hey, Peter, click. <laughs> and then I have to dial in again. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that was just a one-time thing. Let's try it again. Fail. Okay. So there are some really cool things that you described there. You know, this, this integration between the Apple devices and Ecosphere. How are they securing that? How... Well, <laughs> I have not looked at any of the Apple white papers on security for some time. All right. BS. Last time I did it was BS a long is coming. time ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was very impressed by the way they were doing the docs that I did read mm -hmm. a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I confess I have not read those in a long time, mm -hmm. but the, but Apple seems to, they've got a pretty good track record when it comes to security. Mm hmm they, don't have for me is a good track record with just freaking usability <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i end up speaking decepticon all the time yeah. because well so apple wise i am now i've got my i know it's big it's green it's really heavy it's got a big <laughs> screen uh now when did I'll you like get it. it i uh two days ago okay because i got a note you know i got an invitation to share your um uh fitness share your fitness with apple with adam bell and i was like yay he's back <laughs> i'm back so it's great it's great to have you back we're, we're happy we're happy to have you here so actually yeah i wore it to the gym this morning um i i do like you know i'm kind of a I've got a character flaw and that, you know, when you tell me, Adam, do you want a million dollars? No, because there's got to be a catch. Yeah, there's got to be a catch. It can't be, all right, I'm going to have to pay taxes on it. I'm going to get audit. You know, I'm going to lose 45% of that, but it's free, $550,000. You get to keep 55% of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, I don't want it. Well, that's kind of the way I was with the Apple watch. The first time I was like, I want to experience it. And then I hated it. And then I missed it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got the new one. I'm like, there's all kinds of cool features that are, that are <laughs> awesome that I, I wish I had known the first time around. <laughs> and you know, one of those things. So a couple of things have changed since you ditched your Apple watch. Number uh -huh. one is waking it up at night when you're in sleep mode. You don't have to roll the stupid crown anymore. You just press and hold the button. Yeah, nice. That I don't is ever nice. wake up at night, though. I wish I could say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing, however, though, on the Ultra, in addition to battery life being acceptable, mm -hmm. as opposed to the previous, <clears throat> call quality is much better. Well, and, <clears throat> go ahead. Well, and I proved this with a listener, a friend of the show, Scott Wilsey, the other day. He called me. Mm -hmm. And I took the call you know, on the phone because I didn't uh, on the watch because I didn't have the phone with me, but mm -hmm. I was talking with him and like holding my drink in my hand and talking to him and stuff. Like I didn't so put you my were hand talking in my to pocket. the phone. You didn't even have your earbuds in. Correct. Using the phone mic. And I asked him because I was there, you know, with the phone like this, take, took a drink and stuff. I was like, just curious, how does the call sound right now? He's like, oh, it sounds okay. You know, like not great, but not terrible. Yeah. But like, and again, I wasn't like sticking my hand in my pocket or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but just, you know, like, and I wasn't like walking so that my hand wasn't like behind me and stuff, but just generally keeping my hand around in front of me and stuff, he was able to hear me and it didn't really make a difference if I held it up to my mouth or anything like that. So mm -hmm. they've definitely improved the call quality on these guys. So I have a dumb consumer question. Did okay. the Apple watch eight have a speaker and mic on it? Yeah. Really? I know. Oh, they've they've had yeah. You could have done that for a long time. <laughs> I didn't know that was a feature. <laughs> you can't play music with them. Okay, but, but the can. eights, the sixes, the fours. Oh yeah, they've had they've had that for like a long time. Because was the chime Maybe. there before the top of the hour chime? So that I think is something that might have come along in a software update, but it was not a hardware feature. But I okay. noticed that top of the hour chime at one point. I've recently turned that off though. So that's just a setting. Mm -hmm. It's probably been there the whole time though. But I mm -hmm. think it got activated by default, whereas mm -hmm. it wasn't uh, beforehand. Yeah. 
cool. Well, I I was so happy because I you know I cut off my Apple Watch in in August, yep, and I got the new one now, and it brought in all my settings, and I have zero notifications. I don't want to get notified. I don't want my wrist to vibrate for any reason unless yep. it's a nine one one situation. I just that irritates the crap out of me. Yep, I get uh, it. And it remembered all that stuff. So it, that was fantastic from a restore situation. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know when you complete a workout. I want to go, to, well, you complete too many workouts in a day, just just so you know, my friend. I mean, you're like, Peter walked, he did yoga, he did Krav Maga, he punched somebody in the street. He, <laughs> and, and then he <laughs> <Yeah>. meditated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, can get a little excessive. I will yeah. give you that, and and I have definitely cranked back on my notifications. Mostly, I'm trying to get more particular with the with iOS 16 and um, macOS Ventura and watchOS. What what are we? Nine point two, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the the focus settings. Yeah, I'm trying to get better about using the focus. I. I'm sort of torn between making them automated versus, you know, me setting them. But um, I've definitely gotten more into um, manually setting a focus. Like we're on this call, you know, right now, I'm just going to say, do not disturb until the end of the event. There you go. And, you know, um, I I do have it set. So like when I'm in a meditation app, just do not disturb. Mm -hmm. Don't want to hear about it. And at 4.30 every day, I go into personal mode. Mm-hmm. So I don't get Slack notifications. My work email doesn't buzz anymore, anything like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think focus is your friend. But if you don't want any notifications on your watch, great, turn it off. You know, I know for you, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done this in, God, it's been got to be like seven years or so. But I remember... Um, uh, I turned off Siri and I turned off autocomplete and autocorrect. Mm-hmm. And for a while I loved my phone because I wasn't getting mad at those two things. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it's sometimes turning off features is a good thing. So one thing that I will give, you know, nods to is, so this time around I went with the cellular. And that has been a big, big uh, frustration removal having the cellular because the phone would then not be so tied to my, to the watch would be not so tied to my phone that it was, you know, telling me when it was not connected. And then it lost so much of its functionality when it wasn't connected. And the, the reason I bought the Apple watch and was audible. I wanted to be able to listen to my books on Audible on my phone on the track or on my watch on the tractor without having to take the phone with me. Yep. And now that it's on cellular, all that stuff syncs better. It yep. syncs way better, even though it shouldn't, because it, it had wireless before and it had, you know, everything, but it everything is a lot more seamless seamless with the cellular. Yep. So and and the cellular coverage, cellular functionality of the ultra is definitely better than it was on the six. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know my my speculation. I'm sure there are smarter people have done teardowns to you know verify this, but I think that the insides are a little different from the ultras and the eights and the sixes. Yeah. I think it might have a better chip, um, but it definitely uh, you know I've noticed that I get less flaky cellular behavior with the ultra than I did with the six and the four. It is better. You know, the, the, the dilemma, and I actually wanted to call you this week and I didn't, uh, but I wanted to call you from my Jabra to get the, the quality. Every time I call somebody on my Jabra on my iPhones, they tell me that the quality is terrible. Like I, I can hear them fine, but my yep. mic pickup is terrible, but I yep. don't want iPods because you sound fine in your iPods. The AirPods? AirPods. Yeah. I sound fine on the AirPods until I don't. <laughs> until you go into Decepticon. And you're the only person I know that even has that problem. 
apparently it's a very rare thing. <laughs> Are you sure you don't have any radiation or metal no. or magnets or no. no, you're not sure. No, not sure at all. <laughs> not at all. Do you remember your time in the CIA? No. No. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, that explains everything. <laughs> Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch The Recruit, speaking of CIA? I don't think I ever did. It's a good one. It's on uh, It's on Netflix. Okay. Um, yeah. It's I think a good you one. mentioned it before. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I mentioned it. It it wasn't impressive to look at like the uh, the advertisement or anything on that, but it was a it was a fun show to watch. All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> there are some. Uh, willful suspense of disbelief you know it's like if you were in the cia would you really do this yeah i don't think you would <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you would yeah what would jerry seinfeld say yeah yeah i don't think you would <laughs> i don't think you do <laughs> so then i also um i have a job opportunity uh right now with the the Harvest Bee Shift in Hereford, Texas, the Cavernous Bee Packers Limited. The they, what? They <laughs> are recruiting me to be on second shift for uh, working in the the beef packers. I didn't realize that Sublime was doing so poorly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. But apparently, my resume is still out. I haven't had a resume active on the internet minimum 14 years because that's the age of my company but <laughs> longer than that but the uh cavernous beef packers limited in texas they're they're reaching out to me to be a second shift and and i've got a great match i mean they 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 matched me up they they said i will be successful at this job <laughs> i mean <laughs> you're you know you're a big guy you're strong you work out you have a good work ethic i think they're probably right you probably would be su su successful at this job yeah i couldn't be bullied because i'm not taking that <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's great yeah that is so, great so i have a future in in beef packing if the whole computer thing doesn't work out it's good to have backups man it is mm -hmm. good to have backups <laughs> well i know what it is it's it's google because you know we were talking about my wife and i were talking nowhere near google but somewhere near google about you know being in texas and i'm like i don't mind texas i like texas as good as tennessee <laughs> there we go uh, Google's i mean texas, finding me a job <laughs> especially at this time of year <laughs> I mean, I, I feel that way. I, I still get constantly, I'm getting, you know, LinkedIn, like my LinkedIn profile says that I am, you know, a VC. So senior manager, you know, that kind of thing, director level stuff. That's where I do my work these days. And, you know, when people want to say like, Hey, um, you know, senior engineer positions, I'm like, eh, not really, but thank you. But then they're like, we have an entry level analyst position. Yeah. For like what, 2000 called and they want my resume back. I'm like, come on, what the yeah. heck? Seriously. <laughs> and that's all like, like, no, I'm not going to work with you. Cause you obviously didn't even look at my resume. You know, you you're not, bother. you're can't no. You you can't even be bothered to, then I can't be bothered to reply to you. That's because it didn't really come from a person. It came from jet, chat GBT. You're more, I haven't done any fun chat GPT things this past week. I had an idea though. What the heck was it? Oh, dang. Well, yeah, this is why you got to move quickly on these things. I completely forgot what it was. I had a, I had a, what I thought for me anyway, was a creative idea for chat GPT. Um, well, but I I've seen a lot of news articles on it since you and I talked about it. Yeah. Oh, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. No question. So, yeah, I think it's, it's cool. You know, I think it's got a lot of potential, mm -hmm. um, but uh, also potential for abuse. <laughs> yeah. 
So when does Skynet actually come online? I mean, it's Skynet online. came on. No, Skynet came online years ago. I forget when when the the actual date in Terminator was. But, <laughs> yep. but that happened. That that yeah. is coming. That has come and gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I forget what year. Yeah, Skynet is online. Yeah, um, but it hasn't taken over yet. No, not yet. But it will. Give it, it time. And it, it won't matter to us because we'll be dead. Give it time. <laughs> i don't know it might happen before that so. well on that note i think we should probably put a pin in this one what do you think stick a pin in it all right i took us in <sighs> you take us I'll out. i'll take us out well listeners if you want to reach us the best way you can do that is by visiting blurring the lines podcast.com full stop i shouldn't have to go on but I will. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have to, but now I am. Adam is at Sublime Comp on Twitter. He's also at sublimecomp.com. That's his website, his company website. I think you can still find him on Facebook, but I don't remember right now. I'm still Good luck. there. Right? Yeah, he's still there, right? If you want to find me, uh, look for, start, the best thing is just nicolaitis.com. That's, that's for me personally. If you want to talk about yoga, it's yogawithpeter.com. IT, information security, cybersecurity, paradigmcc.com. I am no longer actively posting on Twitter. As we discussed on the latest Friends with Beer, however, I am just what people would call shit posting on Twitter, uh, just making fun of Elon. Um, but I am starting to get slightly active on Mastodon at nicolaitis at infosec.exchange. And, you know, the things that I've heard, it's true. There's like, useful, good, friendly content over there on Mastodon. So I'm happy. I'm actually kind of liking the fact that there's a low, there's a, a barrier to entry to keep the riffraff out. So, so, so let me know when I need to be there. I think you should come over. I think you should oh, set up an account. Close, huh? Yeah. I think you should find a Mastodon server and do it. And I honestly, <laughs> I thought we would have done that on an episode by now. All right. Let's uh, schedule it for, for next week. Next episode. So I don't even know what my schedule is next week. I am on vacation. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to be near a computer or not. So there's a good chance that we won't record next week. Well, when they hear us next. By then, we will get Adam online with Mastodon. And it's going to be fantastic. It will. But before that happens, I think we should push the big red button. Big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.